In this podcast, I'm going to discuss my thoughts on what's happening with the coronavirus and the stock market because this week we have seen yesterday was the biggest crash in the FTSE 100 since 1987. So the market actually fell in percentage terms more yesterday than any day during the 2008 financial crisis. And it's a very weird situation because what we've got is economies like Italy and the US, well more more so Italy is the best example, they're just voluntarily shutting down to try and stop the, the contagion of this virus. And it's very odd because this is why the, the market has crashed the way it has because when you start stopping traveling and businesses start shutting down, economic activity just drops. And in some places, the only, the only businesses that are open are uh, companies that sell essential food and things like that so we're seeing this this massive uh, collapse in in economic activity and that's obviously been factored into equity prices and and before I'd done a podcast a week ago saying that I thought that the fall in the stock market was just the, the stock market's way of reflecting that company earnings are going to be lower because of the disruption caused by the coronavirus but I think The other thing that made me think that was that the stock market, especially the US markets, they had just been going up linearly for quite some time. And I think that a correction was overdue. The coronavirus has given us that correction and I think it was a catalyst for a correction as such. But I don't see this being the top of the market. And I know that's quite a contrarian view because I think a lot of people believe now that we are seeing a new bear market and we've taken from a technical point of view we've taken out a previous low which was quite an important psychological support line and and yesterday we breached that but i'm still bullish equities i'm still i i still would rather buy dips and sell rallies and one of the reasons for that is yesterday i had a look around some of the FTSE 100 companies and barclays is trading below one pound a share and the economy with the euro debt crisis i remember i remember the effect of that and and barclays didn't get below 1 pound even then so we've not seen this price in barclays share price since uh 2009 and bp as well that was trading at 2 pound 75 a share it's up a bit today but these these prices are just so low and anyone that has a spare couple of thousand as a private investor it's a no-brainer to to put some money into these companies and i just think the the indices have been especially the u.s indices they've been dragged higher by individual companies like apple i've said before on a podcast apple's market cap is actually bigger than the entire german dax which is the, the 30 biggest publicly listed companies in germany and these these little or these uh, single companies are dragging up indexes. So when the when the FTSE crashes off by a 20-25%, some some of the FTSE 100 constituents were already quite depressed. And and this is why I think that it's a no-brainer that you start buying up shares such as Barclays and, and BP no matter what you think might happen with the indices and that's not consistent with a stock market crash. And the other thing that I thought of is that when the the Federal Reserve has done its biggest emergency base uh, interest rate cut 
cut interest rates by 50 basis points, which is the biggest emergency cut since the global crash. And the Bank of England have also come out and slashed interest rates this week. I think that the central banks, and this is another reason why I think that the stock market will not crash right now, because the central banks won't let it crash. They're going to inject the system with liquidity, they will print money. Where is this capital going to go? If it doesn't go into the stock market, what other assets could it go into? I don't think salaries are high enough to push more to, to push house prices um, exponentially higher. I just think that there's not many other places for capital to flow other than into stocks. And I think that as well, some sectors in the stock market are very, very depressed at the moment. I think the oil um, majors such as BP and Shell, they're very good value. <coughs> Excuse me. I think the banks are depressed. Airlines and cruise liners are very depressed. And this is something that I want to also bring up in this podcast because I had the opportunity when this started to pop, when this when this whole thing started, when the market started to crash off a bit, I thought to myself, I, I'm a shareholder of Carnival. And Carnival, I paid, I think I paid £30.40 per share. And I saw it go up to about £34, £35. And I thought, well, this feels a bit more right. I thought uh, the share price was at, what, a two or three year low? I can't remember at the time. And then it popped up. And and then I saw with this crash, obviously, uh, cruise liners have been hit as much as airlines with this coronavirus uh, pandemic now. And I saw Carnival go down to about uh, £27 per share. And I thought... It could go low, it could go to £25 per share, but I think there's quite strong technical support at £23 per share. And then the market got down to £23 per share, and I own some more defensive stock, such as GlaxoSmithKline, uh, which is a big pharmaceutical massive corporation, and also a company that not a lot of people probably would have heard of is Primary Healthcare Properties, they're a FTSE 250 company. They own like a lot of uh, buildings that the NHS hire out on long-term contracts. So they're very defensive. If there was a, a crash in the economy and economic activity dried up, they would still get the same very similar revenue. It wouldn't. They're, they're very immune from economic cycles, which is why I, I own the stock. And I thought to myself, these defensive companies that I just named... They they maybe fell about six percent, whereas Carnival was down about twenty percent, I think. And when it was at twenty three pounds per share, I thought, you know what, I could sell my defensive companies and buy Carnival, and Carnival would probably appreciate when the market turns bullish again, whenever that is. I think that Carnival will definitely go up a lot quicker than any of my defensive companies. So, and I think that this is a common theme for private investors. They when the market comes crashing off and the FTSE loses 10% in one day, people start to get jitters and they start to think, what could I do? If I sell this company that's only gone down 5% today, I could buy this company that's, that's gone down 12% today. Because when the market corrects, the one that's gone down 12% in one day will correct higher than the one that's quite defensive. But I'm very against that. And this is why, because as I just said, Carnival... The price I'm I bought in, remember at a three or four year low, whatever it was, at thirty pounds forty per share. I've watched it come off to twenty three pounds per share, and I'm thinking this is like eight year lows. 
And I'm thinking, when this whole coronavirus thing ends, cruise ships should, when they start operating um, again and, and taking bookings again, they, they'll recover. This is a very depressed stock. I think it's been overdone. And it is tempting, even though I'm a very defensive investor, I've learned the hard way to be very defensive over the years. And I thought to myself, it's all, it almost feels like a no-brainer. And I was a little bit annoyed with myself that I wouldn't let me do anything i was like no let's keep the defensive stocks do you know what this morning carnival dropped to 12 pounds per share and i thought to myself i am so glad that i didn't take money out of my defensive stock and buy carnival because i'd be nearly 50 percent down whereas my on on that purchase but the defensive stocks that i bought that that i own sorry they they lost about seven percent yesterday but they are back up where they was three days ago now so i think there's a lesson there that when the stock market comes off you don't have to react people do they look at their portfolios they start to look at what ones fall, what stock has fallen more than the others and they start to sell some of the defensive stock to buy back but the problem is things that are getting hammered sometimes they go down a lot more and you're trying to catch a falling knife and I would have done very badly if I would have started shifting my portfolio about. I've not sold or bought anything. Actually, I, I bought a small amount of stock uh, through a monthly investment uh, program thing that I've been doing. But I've not sold any shares during this whole coronavirus thing. Because sometimes it's, it's best just to ignore what's going on and think, you know what, if the market comes off more, then any free cash that I have, I'll just buy cheap shares. And... I think that that's a big thing. But the other thing to consider, if anyone has sold defensive stock to buy something such as Carnival or IAG Group, which is an airline, or EasyJet, which is an airline, or BP, the defensive stocks are defensive for a reason because their business, their revenue, their profits shouldn't be as affected as, as some of the stocks that have been hammered. So therefore, you should still get your dividend payments. The dividend payments are a lot safer. Say I sold out of Glaxo and uh, I sold out of some of my other defensive plays and I, I bought Airlines and I bought BP and I bought Barclays, everything that's getting hammered at the moment. If those companies come out and say, look, we've really been affected by coronavirus and all of the shutdowns across Europe and the US, travel bans, etc. We can't pay dividends for two years. Then yeah, I bought at a low price, but by the time I've lost out my dividend reinvestment and then when they do reinstate the dividend, maybe it's only 60% of what it was before the coronavirus outbreak. Whereas if I would have just left my money in a defensive stock, reinvest the dividend, I'm probably better off doing that. There's no stress. I don't have to worry about I've paid too high of a price because the market crashed off more than I thought. And something else that during them yesterday when the when the FTSE was down nearly 11% I thought to myself I've done the right thing by not adjusting my portfolio and something that I keep telling myself is that in the 80s and 90s there was a massive bull market in property prices and and it caused a bit of a inequality I mean I have family members where some of my family owned property I was rented and when you look at the difference now they, they all had similar incomes at the time, but when when the people that owned their property um, obviously had mortgages and, and they was able to take advantage of the bull market, 
their net worth now is, I mean, I'm not from a wealthy family by any stretch of the imagination, but their net worth now is so much higher than their family members who rented during that bull market. And I think the reason why so much wealth was created through the, the property market is obviously there was a bull market, but people wasn't over-analyzing. They weren't trying to micro-trade properties. They wasn't thinking properties have gone up a bit too much too quickly. I'm going to sell my property. I'm going to live in a, a caravan for a couple of months. The market will come off and then I'll buy back a house. I'll be able to buy a bigger house with the same money. People didn't do that. They just Houses are illiquid. So if the house price goes up or down, you're still going to live in your house. And I think that that's why people made so much money because they just didn't sod about with it. And I think there's a lesson there for shareholders. Sometimes you just need to accept that you've got exposure to the market. You've got exposure to the airline industry, oil industry, um, banking industry, insurance or whatever. And if the insurance sector as a whole contracts, that part of your portfolio is going to suffer. If there's a boom in something in your in a sector and you've got exposure to it, that will outperform the market that year. And just ex- just accept the fact that sometimes you, you're going to outperform the market, sometimes the market's going to outperform your portfolio. But you've got exposure to the stock market, reinvest your dividends, and just try not to mess around with things too much. And I'll, I'll end on a note, and I don't really... I don't really follow a lot of quotes and things. I like to to see what people are saying. But Warren Buffett once said, it's better to pay a fair price for a good company than a good price for a fair company. And I think that that's something that people should take away from this. And just before I close off with this, I want to just uh, bring to your attention that I am an author of an international selling book. And I've just published another book uh, on the 1st of March. Uh, the international selling book is called Investment, Economics and Risk and the new publication is The Economics of Entrepreneurship. Uh, the quickest way and the best way you can get hold of them is by ordering them on Amazon.